Time for Tea with Makita is a podcast about redefining self-care. It's about looking at every aspect of our life from music, career, family and relationships and everything in between. It's about spilling tea on those conversations that sometimes are hard to have with other people. Well, we're not ashamed to have those conversations right here. So join me as I spill tea on every topic you ever thought about, talked about, or whispered about. Hey, y'all, it's definitely time for some tea. Welcome back. It is time for tea with Makita. And today I want to spill a little tea on a topic that is near and dear to me. I think we can all relate to knowing someone or having a family member, someone close to us that has suffered from Alzheimer's or dementia. I was talking to a friend of mine recently and she read me this Dr. Seuss quote. And it was just so profound because at the time, one of my friend's father had just been diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And it just, it just meant so, so much more. So the quote was, sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. And I just want you to kind of just sit with that for a second, because I don't think sometimes we recognize that our memories hold so much for us. And even when our loved ones are no longer here with us, it's our memories that keep them alive. We, we talk about them and share so many different stories. And all of these things come from our memories of them. So it's like they're not here with us physically, but the memories that we have of them are there to last us a lifetime. Also, November is National Family Caregivers Month. And I'm actually, by the time this airs, I would have actually walked in the in the walk to end Alzheimer's um, walk that they do in Farmville, Virginia. If you're not familiar with Farmville, you should. It's a, it's a great town. And I was just so honored that I was able to take part in something that was so huge, that represents so many different things. I don't think people know how amazing the Alzheimer's Association is and all that they do for the community and on a national level. There are so many great resources. So in order to bring that information, because I think the power of having a podcast is all about sharing information. People sometimes don't know all of the resources that are available to them. And I feel like it's my job to help people get the right resources. And we're all about redefining self-care, right? And there are a lot of caregivers who need additional resources, need additional help. And I would love to be the one that brings you that level of of help that you can use in your life. Or if you don't need it, you know someone who can use it. 
millions of Americans are affected by Alzheimer's and dementia. And then if you take that on a, on a national level, there's even more. So, so much more. So I, I reached out to Emily Rosenberger. She is the constituent events manager for the Alzheimer's Association in our area. And she has been organizing events for a very long time. Like this is nothing new to her. In doing our conversation, we kind of talked about that sandwich generation, right? Because we are at that point where our baby boomers are getting older. And then their kids now have kids. So we're trying to take care of our parents. We're trying to take care of our kids. So it kind of, they're kind of sandwiched in between there. So that's a very stressful time. And then having the resources, having the things in place that we have an opportunity to ask questions, get help. That's what it's all about. And that's what I want to bring to you guys. Additional resources, additional help. So whether it's you or someone you know, we're spreading the word. We're having those tough conversations that sometimes we don't really want to have, but they're necessary. They're so necessary. So I'm going to dive in with Emily. I'm so happy that she's here and we're going to get started. Just saying made me think of a particular individual. I used to work in senior living before working for the Alzheimer's Association. And there's one person who has just completely shaped who I am today. She was living with younger onset Alzheimer's disease and cancer. And she actually made her own decision to forego cancer treatment in hopes that cancer would take her before Alzheimer's disease. I specifically remember the day that she looked at me. She was the most positive person ever. And, you know, she had all of these things going on, but she was the most positive person ever. And she said, you never think it will happen to you. And now as a young adult woman, fresh out of college, those words really stick with you. And like you said, with how expensive, unfortunately, these diseases can be, and of course, we all would love to keep our loved ones at home and help take care of them, but a lot of people do have to quit their jobs to become caregivers. Caregiving can be a full-time job, Um, and actually, the number nationwide of caregivers over the last decade has decreased but the amount of care, the need of care has not. So nationwide, we have less caregivers providing more care. Wow. And the hours of care needed have just continued to increase. And these people, they are still working jobs. We are facing, um, you know, for lack of better words, I've heard it called the silver tsunami a lot, you know, our uh, 65 years and up these individuals are becoming 65 every single day a lot of them we are baby boomers are coming of age and they are the generation we're looking at that will eventually need this care and then we also have our sandwich generation so these are adult children who are having to caregive on both sides they have children under the age of 18 and they also have aging parents 
who need their care. It's a lot to take on. It is a lot to take on. It really is a lot to take on. And I don't, you know, as someone who has seen, like I had a friend who, as I was saying earlier, their father had uh, Alzheimer's and they had, they were in the sandwich generation. Their parents were the, the baby boomers and they were playing both roles. You know, you're, you're caring for your parents and you're caring for your child and you still have to, you still have to work and you'd have to try to figure it all out because when you think about, you know, our, you know, could, you know, our grandparents or, you know, our parents that are in that generation of turning the 65 and the 66 and older, and they are, they have the Alzheimer's diagnosis and they've cared for us all our life. Like they, they were the ones that were the caregivers and now they're in the position where they need the care. And I think it's very scary because you're watching them and they, and when they're going through this, though, they, they know that they are not, you know, their full selves. They know that their memory is going and it's scary for both people on both ends. Sure. There are superstars. You know, they taught us how to ride a bike. They helped us apply to college. You know, when we were sad, they lifted us up and to then see them start to go through this progression and lose who you saw them as it's of course scary. And that's not even talking about how scary it can be for the individual actually personally going through that. And something that I, if I can just offer a piece of advice, again, thinking of my time in senior living, I was an activities director and I would meet, you know, new residents and they would come in. Um, they might have had a certain diagnosis. They might not have, but they might've been displaying certain symptoms that might've suggested you know, something going on, but either way, they were perfect to us. You know, we were meeting them for the first time and they were their perfect self. But something I saw a lot of families having a hard time dealing with was they would come and when mom or dad or aunt or whoever their loved one was, they would compare to who they used to be mm -hmm. and all of the things that they could not do anymore. And if you're going through this right now, I, I, I really strongly suggest to think of the things that they still can do because they are still phenomenal people. They are still that person that lifted you up when you were sad. That has not changed. Maybe their day-to-day -day life has changed, but that has not changed. Nothing can take away from that. So just focus on the good, focus on the moments of joy, focus on what they can do and not what they can no longer do. I love that. I love that you said that, you know what, that doesn't take away from who they were and what they meant for you in your life because everything that they've done from you, whether it was help you tie your shoe, help you ride your first bike, there to take that picture when you went on your first date, no matter what it was or bring out embarrassing um, photos. <laughs> to show everyone <laughs> underneath all of that they are still that person you know they just can no longer do the things that they they used to do so just like you said focusing on all the good things like and mm -hmm. like i said before that the dr seuss quote the sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory those memories are what's most important 
you know, for you to, to have that because that person was placed in your life, I feel like for a reason, and you have all those memories with you. Maybe they won't be able to remember all of, you know, remember them, but you will. So you will know that person. Absolutely. They're still your loved one. Nothing can change that. Absolutely. And then with the American, um, the Alzheimer's um, Association, they provide a great deal of support for those caregivers that are going through that. Like you said, if they were going to a neurology appointment for the first time and you're not really sure what to expect or, you know, what type of testing they may or may not do, they have an opportunity to call that toll-free number 24-7 to get advice, talk to a professional who can guide them through those stages and steps. Yes. And we also have our website, which is always available as well, alz.org. And I, I love our website. It has so much information on it. And I often joke, if I'm looking for something, I'll type into my search bar what I'm looking for and then alz.org. And 9.9 times out of 10, we have an article or a resource on it. I absolutely do this all the time. And you can go online and actively find caregiver resources. There are um, articles on early stage, middle stage, late stage caregiving, um, you know, going through what you can possibly anticipate with your loved one. Again, I can't stress enough how much, how important education is. Um, I, you know, my, my parents, my father's mother, my grandmother, um, she passed away from Alzheimer's disease. And we did not know the resources that existed today. It was a very messy diagnosis process. You know, we were just trying to figure out what to do one day at a time. And we, I'm not going to lie, had a really hard time. There are a lot of people making decisions and we were not on the same page. We didn't know that there were resources out there. And now that I do, I, I hate when I hear others say, you know, I wish I knew this then. That's like a punch in the gut because Alzheimer's disease, dementia as a whole, it's not meant to be taken on alone. So educating yourself, even if you don't have a loved one who has been personally affected, and I genuinely hope you don't, mm -hmm. education is still good because then if you know the signs, you'll recognize the signs ahead of time. And early detection is so important because then your loved one gets to be in the process of making decisions for themselves. They get to hold on to their independence. And that is very important. Mm -hmm. We are their children or their niece or nephew or whoever. It doesn't matter who they are. It's so important that individuals can make their own decisions for themselves. And that's why early detection is so important. So if you educate yourself, if you recognize the signs, you can start these conversations early, you can talk to your doctor early, and then you just know what to anticipate going forward. Of course, everybody, we, we understand the general progression of Alzheimer's disease, but everybody's experience is different, but you can still have a heads up as to maybe what can come. And prepare as much as possible. Definitely. And I like the fact that, like you mentioned, the ALZ.org um, is actually really easy and friendly to use too. So don't feel like you have to be this know-it-all tech person on the computer. You can just type it in. I'm going to have it in the show notes for you guys, but 
you type it in, everything is so easy to find. And like Emily said, you can search it. <laughs> Just type it in there and it'll, it'll come up. And those 10 ways to recognize Alzheimer's is also in there. So don't be afraid. Like, I know it's scary. Like, I wouldn't want the diagnosis for myself or any of my loved ones, but hiding and pretending that it's not there is only going to make it worse. It's not going to make it any easier because if, if it's, if it is there, if it is the beginning, then there is a process. And like we talked about, have as much, you want your loved one to have as much decision-making as they can before it's too late to do anything. So I think that's like super important. Independence is, we, no one wants to get old and no one wants to <laughs> lose their independence and not be able to do the things that, you know, make them, you know, so unique and special. So I think it's just important to be able to make decisions about your health and your life while you still can. Yeah, life doesn't end at a diagnosis. It just starts a new chapter. That's all it is. And if you're looking at our website, um, something else to quickly mention, we have a community resource finder. So if you go to alz.org slash CRF, community resource finder, you can um, type in your zip code. You can do this in general on our website but you can type in our zip code and find local resources. So um, say you want to take that Know the 10 Signs program, um, maybe you're really busy, maybe you're actively caregiving and it's hard for you to get away from home. One of the silver linings to this past year is us understanding how great virtual programming can be. In-person programming is also phenomenal, of course. You can't, you know, face-to-face -face interaction is best case scenario. But we also know that not everybody can get out to these in-person meetings. So that's been a silver lining with these virtual educational programs, because you can look up local programming and seeing what's going on right now. But you can also look past local. Say the California chapter is hosting a very specific educational program. You can attend that. It doesn't matter which chapter is hosting what program, you can still attend these programs now, um, which has been a really, really neat thing to see. We've, we've had some educational programs out of our local chapters here in Virginia, and we've had people from Florida, North Carolina, California, you know, these people typing in the chat where they're coming in from. And what an amazing thing to connect with people, not just in your community, but everywhere in the world who are going through a similar journey to you. It's really, really neat. I, I love that. So is that, cause I was on there um, earlier. So is that the, the community, the little tab for the community? Or yeah, is so there are a couple different options. Um, yes, if you, you go onto our website, it will readily ask for your zip code or yes, you can search through the community and find um, more localized resources. Um, but you don't have to, if you don't want to, you, like I said, you can find those, I guess non-local <laughs> nationwide resources too. If you, um, instead of looking by zip code, you could look by type of program. So if there's a certain topic you're interested in, you could search that way through keywords and um, find it, you know, um, still on our website. 
Okay, that's great. And I think that's one great thing that's happened this past two years is virtual has been able to, you've been able to connect with people from all over the world. And the fact that you can connect with someone who has either going through something similar or, you know, that you can learn from some different things and have those events that you can attend that you may not have been able to attend. Because like I say, every group does something different and you can learn something from everyone. So just connection is so important. Absolutely. And I really encourage those um, who haven't tried out a support group. This is such a good time to do so because again, we have across the board, in-person and virtual groups. So depending on your comfort level, some people might be more comfortable showing up and sitting with a group of people. And other people, even if they are able to leave home, they that is a huge leap. It is a huge leap to acknowledge what's going on if maybe your family isn't being very open about things yet. Um, it's a big leap to drive to a support group. I understand that. And so if you're not ready to take that leap yet, you can call into support groups. You can open up your computer and sign in. You can stay on mute the entire time. But I highly encourage to start trying out different groups and finding one that fits you. There are groups that are geared towards, again, the sandwich generation caregivers. So you could be in a group that has young children and older adult parents. There are millennial support groups. Maybe you are a college age young adult whose mother is living with younger onset Alzheimer's. It's hard to connect with other young adults who are going through this. And so we have support groups specifically geared towards that population. So again, I encourage people all the time, try out a support group. And if it's not right for you, try out another one. But I promise you a support group exists for you. I just want to say that the Alzheimer's organization has so many wonderful resources from support groups to 24 hour, you know, phone calls, you know, to community, community events that you can attend either, you know, virtually or in person, there is something for everyone with, you know, within that, like it's, it's so inclusive. It includes everything from every, like you say, from millennials to the sandwich generation, like everything that you could think about, I feel like it's in there. They've packed, they've been very thoughtful to put all of that information in there um, at a time when I think more and more people want to understand more about what's going on and be more informed in the care of their loved ones um, to their best ability. So I think that's just amazing. Thank you. We try. And it is important to say, you know, it. Alzheimer's, of course, gets talked about the most because um, most dementia cases, just in general, percentage-wise, looking at statistics, it's Alzheimer's disease. Um, but there are so many different forms of dementia. And the vision of the Alzheimer's Association is a world without Alzheimer's and all other dementias. So um, I, I, you know, I have loved ones who have been personally affected by Parkinson's. I mean, the list goes on and on. And 
we do not just focus on Alzheimer's disease. If you've been affected, impacted in any way related to these diseases, we are still a great resource for you. I love that all encompassing. So something on there for every form of dementia. So no matter what, you know, you're, you're dealing with, if it's a form of dementia or Alzheimer's, something is there, there's a resource. I love that. <laughs> I truly, truly do. When he was talking earlier, I was thinking about the movie Still Alice. I was thinking about two movies, Still Alice and The Notebook. I think everybody knows The Notebook. Yes. Um, but two really great movies that really um, talked about both of those that, you know, gave awareness. I think Still Alice, I, I love The Notebook, but I think Still Alice kind of hit home because she was like very young, very intelligent, and just not early stages of Alzheimer's. So that was just, you know. And we got but, to see how the different family members dealt with it too. It, I, I think it's a great movie to watch. Of course, there's a book too. Um, mm -hmm. I remember the first time I watched it, it was actually in college with a group of friends and we were participating in the walk to end Alzheimer's. So we wanted you know, to learn more. And so we got together to watch this movie. And um, it's not a rainbows and butterflies type of movie. Mm -hmm. It's realistic, mm -hmm. but it's a great movie. And it, it's, I'm glad that you brought it up. The Notebook, that was another one where I, when I was younger, of course, you know, it's The Notebook, everyone yeah. knows The Notebook. <laughs> but once I had a family member with Alzheimer's disease, I watched it after and my... My thought on that movie, like, I just, I never appreciated it as much as I do now. Um, both, I, we don't see Alzheimer's in the news enough yet. We've come a long way, of course, a very long way. Um, but there are still a ways to go. And so any time, especially out of like Hollywood, that we see Alzheimer's mentioned, that is such a big win for us. It, it helps increase conversation and awareness. Just recently, unfortunately, in understanding Tony Bennett and his progression with Alzheimer's, of course, that has just been heartbreaking, I think, to everyone in the United States. Um, it has been nice to see his family openly talking about it though and continuing the conversation and I hope that through that there are families at home that also feel comfortable having that conversation and sharing their story yeah I think it was really um for, to have them because I know at this time that you know what they're probably going through but like you said to continue that conversation to make it something that people can take the conversation from from the tv to have it at home in an open way and ask the questions maybe they wanted to ask but were afraid to ask and then seek out more information because that's what happens we have conversations and those conversations lead to us to connecting with either other people or more information and then if you're like me you get more information you want to share it I, I want to let someone else know, hey, I just found out about this resource. If you know someone is dealing with this, you know, this is a great place to go, you know, so it's just, but you have to have the conversation first and for his family to 
to have the conversation. And we all know, like you say, when Hollywood has a conversation or someone that's, you know, like Tony Bennett's family has a conversation, it really kind of normalizes it for, for everyday people to also start having the conversation. Yes, yes. And I love what you said about, you know, being able to provide a resource to somebody else. And that's why I really stress, even if you're not going through this right now, and again, I hope you never, ever, ever have to, any anyone, I hope no one ever has to go through it, to be able to respond, here's a resource, when somebody confines in you, somebody opens up to you, you notice something in somebody, I mean, that could change their world. Mm -hmm. Significantly. So not just a resource for your loved one and their condition, but also a support network for your caregivers and people that are caring for their loved ones. So you guys, don't worry. I will have the toll-free number <laughs> to the Alzheimer's Association as well as um, the website. So you, if you need help, if you need assistance or if you know anyone that needs assistance or resources, it'll be there for you. Emily, thank you so much for, you know, for just sharing your time, for showing up and giving us all this great information. Was there anything else you wanted to add or, you know, before we wrap up for you? I just, again, I appreciate you giving us, you know, this space to talk about Alzheimer's and dementia, the association, resources available. We can only be as helpful as we are when people know about us. So I, I sincerely thank you. Um, I can't wait to walk with you this Sunday. If anybody is interested in the walk to end Alzheimer's while well, the Farmville walk is happening on October 31st, we're still going to be fundraising until December 31st. So there's plenty of time to get involved. We're always looking for volunteers within our fundraising and our programs and our advocacy. So if you're interested in getting more involved, um, there's definitely a role that would fit your interests and strengths. And we'd be more than welcome to having you. Well, thank you so, so much. All right, you guys, I will have that information too. If you're interested in volunteering or um, to just give back or donating, they're still, you know, accepting donations. All that information will be there in the show notes for you. Don't forget, you know, we never know where we might end up at. So it's always great to, to have more information and to share as much information as we can and bring awareness to not just, like you said, not just Alzheimer's, but dementia as well. So thank you guys. Until next time, namaste.